Hi, this is Rodimus Para, and you are listening to TV Confidential. The Blu-ray package includes a documentary about Dan DiCarlo, the creator of the Josie and the Pussycats comic book on which the cartoon series was based. Although, as Greg was saying before we went to break, Josie and the Pussycats, the animated series, also owes a lot to another Hanna-Barbera show that preceded it, Johnny Quest. So in a way, it's a wacky send-up of Johnny Quest. You have super villains, you have a Captain Nemo villain, you have a giant uh, evil plant, you have uh, a giant evil plant. <laughs> oh, the evil plant was right in the ad for the comic book. There was the evil plant, and, and you have a romp at the end, yes. like Scooby Doo, like the monkeys, where you hear the groovy pop tune. And what happens in the groovy pop tune is you hear three other female vocalists who are singing for Josie and Melody and Valerie that are not speaking voices. I'll start with the speaking voice. You've got the great Janet Waldo, the voice of Judy Jetson playing Josie. Actually was recast, little known fact. Josie was played by another actress. I don't know who she was, but Joe Barbera, who was a perfectionist when it came to voice casting, decided, and CBS, decided that Janet Waldo would be better because the actress that they cast was not able to speak the complicated dialogue needed for interstitial educational segments that came after the cartoons called In the Know. Back in 1970, there was this push for more education on Saturday morning. And before they had In the New, they had In the Know, featuring Josie and her friends. For one year, they were doing these things, not in the news, that came later. In the Know, were these five-minute segments that came after each of the shows that taught about different things or took you to various locations throughout the world, showed you how watches were made, um, explained um, strip mining and uh, exotic locations in France and things like that. And each of the voices of the characters in character were telling you. The actress who was playing Josie had difficulty with this dialogue and it, they had to do it quickly and get it right. And Janet Waldo was a, a radio veteran. So she was brought in. And so Josie was recast. And about six episodes had to be re-recorded with her voice. That's a little inside information. And then we had the wonderful, terrific uh, voice of Jackie Joseph as Melody, who was the scatterbrained a character who brought so much comedy to the characters because she could make a fool out of the bad guy. So you always, it was, it was right back to Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. You had this serious, you know, want to take over the world, evil scientist, and she'd call him, oh, great mustard, when, <laughs> you know, when she was, when she was hypnotized. Uh, it's not great mustard, it's great master, yes, Great mustard. <laughs> I mean, it was it was silly, but it was funny, and she just could pull it off so well. And then you had as Alexander, you know, that was Casey Kasem doing a slightly different voice than Scooby, but still a chicken. And Alexander, as we mentioned, we had a character like Veronica. Now on the Archie Show, Veronica didn't get much to do. Here, she was a Veronica type character who was jealous of Josie and was constantly causing trouble for everyone wanted to take over the band so you had a very a character who was who had a lot to add to the plot and 
it was Cherry Alberoni was terrific in that role. And then you had history because you had wonderful Barbara Perriott, who I remember seeing on a dating game. Um, and she was mentioned as, as, as playing Valerie on Josie and the Pussycats. Uh, Valerie was the first African-American female on Saturday morning animation that was played also by an African-American actor. Because before that, there was a character on um, Party Boys, mm -hmm. Filmation had, but the actor playing was not African-American. She was the first, even though she wasn't aware of it. And the way that came about was Valerie was created in conjunction with Hanna-Barbera late in 1969 in the comics where they established the group. And by the way, Josie was the name of Dan DiCarlo's wife. And she, when they went on a cruise, she wore a pussycat outfit for a party they went to. And he got the idea to draw her that way. And, and they, he came up with this idea of that's what the band could look like in the late 60s. So they were going to do this. You know, this, it, there's no one creator of all of this. But the idea to have an African-American first appeared in December 1969 in the comic book when they were formulating this cartoon. But there was pushback of, would this be okay with everybody? There was nervousness back then by various people. The person that insisted that Valerie be on the show was the producer of the music and the records. It was that person. And he said... Not Kirshner. No, it was not Don Kirshner. I don't remember Kirshner being on Hanna-Barbera, but no, that, was, that, was, no, that was the first thing that no, popped into my Don head. Don Kirshner was. Don Kirshner was on, on the Harlem Globetrotters. Okay. This was a different producer. The music producer insisted because the African-American singer in the group was named Patrice Holloway. And by right, she should have become a big star. Many people in the music industry felt that way. She was a great singer. And she did a lot of solos uh, in the, you can hear her singing the lead in the theme song. And she's a, she was a great singer. And, you know, you take, you take that out. That doesn't make any sense all of a sudden. Yeah. He's, and he said, if you do this, I'm pulling out. The music's going, it's all going to go. Said, this will not happen. And because of him, they left Valerie in. And, and that's kind of how that came to be. And when we go back to who the band was, you had Kathy, uh, I think it was Kathy Doherty, playing the uh, voice of Josie as a singer. And then as Melody, a young lady named Sherry Moore. Original Stop, name Stop was Moore. She, well, she went by Sherry Moore, but of course... Because that's easier as, to say than Stop Moore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was her real name. <laughs> and, and of course, uh, a lot of people are already ahead of us. It's actually Cheryl Ladd. Yes. And the album cover has a picture of the three of the actual posing on the cover because there were plans that did not happen, but there were plans to have the three ladies tour huh. as a live band because that's something the Archies couldn't do. Ron Dante was not allowed to reveal he was the Archies because there was no live counterpart to the Archies. But Joseph Pussycats was going to have it. However, it, it just didn't become big enough for that to come true. So there's a lot of cool history behind the show. It was very, very successful. It has um, corresponded a movie, and now it's back and everything. In 72, they did a very smart thing. You sometimes wonder when you're a kid, like, why didn't they just do more of the same show? Well, there's a reason for that. They only could make about 16 episodes because it was expensive. 
to do animation, mm -hmm. and the networks didn't want to order very many. If they had been able to make more, they would only be able to make eight, which means eight more, 22 shows. Okay, you're still watching the same show uh, two years later, and then so there's four years of it running, and there's 22 shows. Now, if you if you buy a new premise with the same characters, then you get 16 shows, and you can promote a brand new show with the same characters. Aha! That's why you had the Scooby-Doo movies, and that's why the Archie show changed every time it came back. That's, that's one of the reasons that you see shows get reformatted. Smurfs didn't have to do that until the very last season. That's what's so amazing about the Smurfs. But that's why... Josie and the Pussycats went into outer space in 1972. And as it is in so many Hanna-Barbera cartoons, you had one minute to get the premise, and then you're done. You're on your own, folks. They were posing for publicity photos uh, on the gantry of a rocket ship. And Alexandra, of course, wanted to be in the front, so she shoved them all out of the way. They all fell into the ship. By golly! Someone fell against the on-off switch because you know how technical rocket ships are. You can turn them on yeah. and launch and switch. It flew into space. They got lost in space and could never get back again because those shows never have a last episode. And they survived despite not having any sort of training to uh, be in outer space and survive. They were remarkably resourceful were. and adaptable in every episode. I always found it, I found it astounding yeah. watching this again and marveling at how they could come up with these plans for every single strange civilization and creature they encountered about how where they were going to thwart the bad guys and eventually uh, survive. There's not as much music. There's only a, a few episodes with, where the band plays for the aliens. <laughs> Your music is quite interesting, but that's about it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's pretty much the title tells it. Josie and the Pussycats in outer space. And hey, if you love the show, and I do, let's join them in space. So you have the two works here now available. The first one is available now, and the second one is brand new, just released from Warner Archive. And it's on sale uh, April the 13th. And so it's an exciting new release. And I'll tell you, you know, it's it's just fun, groovy stuff. Josie and the Pussycats and Josie and the Pussycats in Outer Space, now available on Blu-ray through Warner Archive. You can read Greg Airbar twice a month, cartoonresearch.com. Greg, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, oh, great mustard. <laughs> Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. We'll play part two of our conversation with Ruta Lee when we come back on TV Confidential. Buying or selling a home can be one of the most stressful things we'll ever do in life. But it doesn't have to be. And no one knows better than our friends at Front Porch Realty Group. Their community of realtors serving the Northern Bay Area of California that cares about their clients as individuals first and foremost. Whether you're a first-time buyer or looking to lease or sell your property in the Bay Area, Front Porch Realty Group will help you through this important transition by providing you with the right information for your situation while lessening the pain. They also work with a network of realtors throughout California who provide the same high caliber of customer service. Call Front Porch Realty Group at 
886-7411 for a realtor referral near you. You can also visit their website, frontporchrealtygroup.com, for more information on the services they provide, including upcoming workshops and seminars. For more information, call 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com. Front Porch Realty Group. They'll find the solution that works best for you. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411. Or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.